The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC. And Sass has his third. Tyler Sass with his third interception of the day. What a day. Three picks for Sash. Uh, he did come on big time the second half of last season, and he's also forced a fumble. Yeah, and he's had about 10 tackles, including a tackle for loss. And all he's doing is reading the quarterback's eyes, and the quarterback's eyes are taking him to the promised land. Top call, who's the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week? No. Hello, Hawkeye fans. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the football show from Hawkeye'sMike.com. The Iowa-Iowa State game highlights are courtesy of the Fox Sports Network with Big 12 crew Joel Myers, Tom Lapham, and Jim Knox. A good job calling play-by-play in a rivalry game. A little rough in terms of the color commentary. Nevertheless, we appreciate it and thank them. These football programs come to you following every game during the entire season. You'll have the chance to hear Marv Cook's thoughts and Pat Hardy's opinions. You'll hear from the opposing coaches in this coming Saturday's game, Kirk Ferentz and Mike Stoops. We'll take a look at the Big Ten Conference, and we'll also preview the Iowa-Arizona game. Also this week, we have a special feature focusing on the Stoops brothers at Iowa, featuring Hayden Fry, Kirk Ferentz, and Mike Stoops. And during the course of the season, we also hope to hear from you, the Iowa fans. We invite you to share your comments each week by calling 866-74-HAWKS. Stansy in the offense. Back out there on the first and goal at the one. And remember, this was all set up by a gamble by Paul Rhodes and his staff. They went for the onside kick, covered by Bruce Davis. Little dump off, touchdown, Iowa. It goes to the fullback, Brett Morris. Iowa taking full advantage of short field as a result of penalty after onside kick. They get 20 yards of their drive by penalty. The visiting Iowa Hawkeyes retained the Cy Hawk Trophy last Saturday by thumping their in-state rival Iowa State Cyclones 35-3, a score that surprised many and is a departure from recent games in the series. The Hawks' defense dominated from the outset, forcing six Iowa State turnovers. Defensive coordinator Norm Parker's teams have often struggled against spread offenses, and the Cyclones run that with no huddles. But this was one of the best defensive performances against that style of offensive play, and just great play by Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, Tyler Sash, who tied an Iowa single-game record with three interceptions to go along with a team-high 10 tackles, eight solo, two for a loss, and a forced fumble. Iowa's offense was very ragged in the first half, and quarterback Rick Stanzi looked flat-out awful much of that period, but the Hawks put it together in classic style in the second period, establishing a good running game with rotating tailbacks Adam Robinson and Brandon Wager, which in turn opened up the passing game. As bad as Stanzi was most of the first half, he was very good in the second. Many receivers played in this game, including true freshman Keenan Davis, who got his first touchdown as a Hawk. Ten receivers had receptions in the second half alone, following the first half when there were pass completions to seven different receivers. Unlike the UNI game, no last-second heroics were necessary in Ames. Iowa's starters were rested most of the fourth quarter. Many backups got much-needed experience, and those are positive signs as the Hawks prepare for this Saturday's game against a tough Pac-10 Arizona team led by former Hawkeye Mike Stoops. That is good news. That is good news! Hawkeyesmike.com It's sports talk radio on the internet, just for you, the Iowa fan. 
All sports, all hawks, all the time. A quick review of game notes and key stats is brought to you by Prefens Botanicals Hand Sanitizer, the revolutionary new hand sanitizer that kills bacteria, viruses, and fungi for up to 24 hours with just a single application. To learn more, go to www.prefensbotanicals.com. Prefens is now the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa football team, the men's and women's basketball teams, and the defending NCAA champion Iowa Hawkeyes wrestling team. With a win last Saturday, Iowa improves to 38-19 all-time against Iowa State, including five wins in the last seven years. Iowa now has opened the seasons with consecutive wins for four straight years. Iowa improves to 38-19 all-time against Iowa State, and this includes wins in five of the last seven years. Iowa's opened the season now with consecutive wins for the fourth straight year, and the 35-3 win last Saturday was the Hawks' largest triumph over the Cyclones, since 1997. Iowa did not score on its opening possession last week, but Iowa State didn't score either. The Hawks have now not allowed its opponent to score on its first drive in 15 consecutive games. The three interceptions by Iowa in the first half matched Iowa's best of last season, and the Hawkeyes added a fourth in the third period and a fifth in the fourth quarter. The five interceptions are the most for the Hawkeyes since also collecting five in a win over Illinois in 1985. On the day, Iowa scored 28 points following Iowa State's six turnovers. The Hawks turned the ball over twice, but Iowa State failed to score after each of the interceptions. True freshman Brandon Wager, alternating at tailback with Adam Robinson, scored his first touchdown of his career, and he ended the game with 15 carries for 101 yards and two pass receptions for 17 yards. Junior quarterback Ricky Stanzi, after a rough first half, ended up having a career-high four touchdown passes. On the day, he was 18 for 34 with 197 yards. He now ranks 14th in career passing yards. With the game last Saturday, he passed Nathan Chandler and Eddie Podolak. Iowa scored four passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown while scoring on five of six drives inside the red zone. The Cyclones did not reach the red zone during the entire game. Some key stats, first downs, the Hawks 24, Iowa State 15. Yards rushing, 191 for Iowa, 190 for Iowa State. Passing, 235 for the Hawks, only 113 for Iowa State. Total offensive yards, 426 to 303, Iowa over the Clones. Possession time, 33-32 for the Hawks, 26-28 for the Clones. Iowa dominated that statistic, especially in the second and fourth quarters. And third down conversions, Iowa improved last week, going 8 of 13. The Cyclones were only 5 of 15. Third and a little more than three, almost four. Wagger in the gun with Stanzi. Davis, true freshman wide receiver, was the motion man. He's wide open. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Iowa. You know if it's working, why change it? Same type of look that Morse had on his touchdown pass as a fullback out of the backfield. You know, what set this up is the running game. Time to hear from the coaches in Saturday's upcoming game, the Hawks versus Arizona. Coach Kirk Ferentz talks about his rotating tailbacks, Adam Robinson and Brandon Wager. Yeah, neither, neither one have much game experience, obviously, and uh, yeah, but I think they both have handled uh, what we've asked them to do in a, in a pretty good fashion. 
Uh, but that that being said, you know they, they both have a long way to go, certainly because they're they're younger players, first year guys. Uh, but they they've performed well so far, and uh, you know we're hoping to see them improve. And that, that's a good thing about young players too is that you know they tend to improve a little bit more dramatically maybe than than older guys. Uh, but they also tend to. Uh, you know, have a miscure or two along the way too, so we'll have to be prepared for that. Two things you worry about are pass protection and ball security. And I'll go back to 2004. Uh, Sam Brownlee's statistics weren't impressive, but but uh, you know he was on top of his assignments at all times, and he also uh, did a great job, you know, protecting the football. And you know those two things can get you in trouble real quickly. You know, if you blow a pass protection, uh, that opens the door for a turnover, and then obviously if you're hailing the ball, you got to uh, do a great job with the ball security part of it. But Ference talks about Ricky Stanzi's troubles in the first half versus getting better in the second. You know, Cleveland had a guy the year before I got there. Uh, it was actually a first-round draft pick. It was his couple, second or third stop. Uh, but they told me the, the line coach that uh, I ended up replacing would take him out and, and uh, basically go through like a half-hour workout with the guy. The guy had an anxiety deal. And so he would literally work out for a half hour on the field, come in, and then go through pregame like everybody else did and all that. So I, I thought about that Saturday. Maybe that might be a good idea. I don't know. Uh, schedule a practice or something like that. But uh, I'm, I'm joking about it. But yeah, we I mean, we we need to come out sharper there. We really do. And um, yeah, I, I know you know we're working on that. I, I don't have any great ideas other than you know the only uh, my mind the way my mind works is we just have to practice better. And I think usually what you do in practice carries over to the the game field. Ference was asked if Iowa was going to have to rely a little more at this point in the season on its passing game. Yeah, I think common sense would say we have to, to it would dictate that. And I know right now, like, there's an image that, boy, you know, Iowa just wants to run the football, which is important to us. But, you know, the idea is to score points, first of all. Secondly, uh, you know, don't turn the football over. So, you know, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, you have to have to keep those two things in mind. Uh, field position is important too. That's a big part of football. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we, yeah, you guys probably know. So I'm not the smartest coach, but if, if Sean Green's in our backfield, we may try to you know feed him pretty uh, pretty heavily during the course of the. And it was no different with Ronnie Harmon back in the '80s. You know, when we had Ronnie playing, you know, we found different ways to get him the ball, but we wanted him to touch the ball a lot. And uh, you know, Sean's not back now. He's gone, and uh, you know, so we have to find other ways to uh, move the football. So I think yeah, I think you know. Probably at the end of the year, we'll say we were a little bit more balanced than a year ago, or maybe a little heavier in pass percentage. But we'll see how it goes. You know, I think we got guys that are capable in the backfield, and uh, I'm hopeful that our passing game would be better than it was last year, more efficient and uh, more effective. But you know, we still have work to do. There's no question about that right now. Ference talks about the challenges Arizona's offense presents to the Iowa defense. They're yeah, they're a multiple football team like just about everybody right now, and uh, you know they've got. Several guys that are uh, playing very well for him. Uh, probably, you know, going into the season, if you said who's their best player, it's the tight end, and he hasn't played yet. Although I understand he's practicing this week, so uh, you know he's an excellent football player. His younger brother's a very good football player, uh, multi-purpose guy, and, and the two guys that have really emerged, obviously, in two games, would be the running backs. Both those guys are doing uh, a tremendous job. You know, a lot, a lot's been written about Grigsby right now, and rightfully so. But the other guys, uh, an excellent football player too, and they really complement each other they're different style backs and um you know so in preparation it gives you it gives you some problems there and they've got a big physical offensive line a really good offensive line arizona head coach mike stoops talks about what he thought when he saw the hawkeyes on his schedule i'd rather be at home <laughs> playing a lesser 
a lesser opponent. Uh, but it's on the schedule. I I um, have not reminisced that much about it. Uh, maybe when I get there and in the stadium, I, I think it'll. That's when it'll probably hit you the most because that's kind of where we did our work. It's kind of in the stadium and on, in the facility there. But uh, for me, it's you know, it's 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 a it's a it's an opportunity playing a great program. We want to be a program like Iowa, and uh, I think we're built a lot of the same ways on toughness and attitude and discipline and work ethic. I, I think that's kind of who we are. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I'm just excited about the opportunity to compete against a great program, see where our program is. I know it's going to be a tough game, but, uh, again, we're, we're excited about seeing where we're at, too, um, and see how we stack up with, you know, one of the best teams and, you know, top 25 program perennially. You know, so we're, we're, I'm excited to see where we're at after Saturday. We we're still young and in some ways, but uh, again, I think we 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 got a team that can go on the road and and play well. Stoops talks about his star junior running back Nick Grigsby. Well, Nick has been. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country. Nick did it last year. Had what 11, what over 1,100 yards, I think, a year ago, and uh, is off to a great start. He's kind of a home run hitter. Uh, he can go and create a play with his feet. He has a great ability to make people miss. Uh, he's a slasher, uh, but he's he's gained strength and, and size, uh, you know, each year in, in increments that uh, enabled him to keep his, his great speed as well. So, uh, very talented player, but uh, I think the thing I love the most about Nick is just his competitive spirit on the football field. and. There's nobody more competitive than him and, and wants to win. So he's really, really um, uh, developed uh, since he's been here. His maturity level uh, has grown and grown and grown. He's probably, you know, he's probably developed as, as much as any player we've ever had mentally and physically in this program. And um, I'm just really proud of him because he's, he's become a special player. Stoops was asked about Iowa's current group of Iowa defensive backs after coming off five interceptions against Iowa State last week and the Iowa defense as a whole. Well, I, I watched uh, a lot of the uh, Iowa State game uh, this past. That's the only game I've watched thus far. I spend a lot of my time with, I probably spend more time with Iowa's offense than I do with their defense. But I watched, uh, I've been watching uh, more tape of, of uh, Iowa because I've been, trying to study a little bit what they do and they've been so good defensively over uh you know norm parker's time there i mean this has been a defense that doesn't give up uh, a lot of points that's for sure but uh again they're if you're not giving up points you're very sound in the back end and very disciplined in your approach and i think that's what you see when you watch iowa play uh, a very disciplined well-organized team that uh, understands their responsibility very very well and uh, I think that's, that tells you, you know, what kind of coaching you have. And they, they do a great job in their team concepts. Uh, and their safeties do a great job playing back there. They like to play with two safeties a lot. And that means they're good up front. If you can play two safeties high a lot, then, you know, obviously you're doing something right in the front. And they do a great job up front creating, you know, stopping running lanes and all that for, for teams. And then let their safeties you know, play the field back there and do a, you know, a great job of that. So it's a very talented, well-conceived uh, defense. Stands out of the gun. Here comes the blitz, and he's going on the fade in the corner. Touchdown. He got a push. No flag. Touchdown, Johnson Corianos. 
EJK got it done. He had the position on Banks. You have to give Stansy credit. I mean, when the opportunity presents itself, he does seem to be able to have amnesia, forget the bad plays, the bad throws, the overthrows, the interceptions, and make a play to, to help his football team. And Stansy's done it over the course of his career. Call in and express your opinions about the Hawks. To make your voice heard on HawkeyesMike.com, call toll-free 866-74-HAWKS and join our guest experts on weekly podcasts. We welcome back Marv Cook for his weekly stint on Hawkeyes Mike. Sean Patchett visits with Marv. Revisiting the Iowa State game, almost nobody predicted anything like that and it seemed pretty unusual for this rivalry game. How surprising was it to you? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, Iowa State's got a new system offensively and defensively and a new coach, and, and that takes, you know, five, six, seven weeks. I, I think that you'll start to see them to execute better as they get later in the season. But uh, the one thing that was shocking was the quarterback play of the or not. I thought that uh, he had more experience and made some ill-advised decisions throwing the football. But for the most part, I felt like Iowa was, you know, it goes back to you and I as a great football team. I think we got to acknowledge that they're a top 40 team and, you know, Iowa's going to play top 30, top 40 teams closely. So I don't think Iowa State's there yet. So I wasn't that surprised, to be honest with you. Well, it looks like Iowa's overall improvement from the first to second week was significant. Uh, but how much do you think it was a matter of Iowa being good as opposed to Iowa State being that bad, you know, getting used to that new system? Yeah, I think a combination of both. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Iowa did clean up some things. Obviously, they got some more players involved. Good to see some true freshmen in there that actually contributed and helped them win. So developing some depth is some key positions. And, you know, offensively, I thought the offensive line did a nice job. I thought Stansy settled in and, and struggled again early for the most part, but then settled in and made some good throws. You're right, Just they just they did what they had to do to win. Looks like Iowa has found a couple of running backs. Robinson did a fairly nice job, and Brandon Wager looked good as well. Yeah, I thought uh, we're starting to see some some you know different combination there. That Robinson brings a little bit of power, but a little bit of scattiness, and then Wager, the, fr the freshman, you know, looks really scatty. I mean, looks you know got good hands, catches the ball well, and gives him the you know the, the breakaway threat that I think they need from this style of running game. Is that kind of rotation likely to continue? And as a coach, would you prefer to have a go-to clear-cut starter? You know, I think it all depends. I mean, I think it's good to have a combination. I think it's good sometimes to, to hit people with a change of speed. And, you know, we had it last year with Sean Green and Jewel Hampton, and a defense gets used to one style, and, and they settle in. All of a sudden now a new back's coming in, he gives a new new twist to it. So I think it's good to have that. And, and, you know, we've said this numerous times, that great football teams have depth at running back. I think it's good to see Iowa starting to develop some depth there. Well, for the second week in a row, Stanzi struggled in the first half, only to completely turn it around in the second half. If that pattern continues, it looks like the Hawks could be in trouble in some games down the road. What do you think's going on there? You know, I, I think probably nerves and emotion and, you know, the moment of, of settling in. And, you know, you know, this is his second year of football, but he didn't start until, you know, week four or five last year. So he's still, still learning and, and still getting into the system of, of being a starter. The good thing is he is making the adjustments and, and, and settling in. And, you know, it is week two, so uh, the passing game usually takes a little bit of while to gel. And, and, um, you know, the, the good sign for Iowa is the defense is going to keep them close. And then when the offense does start gelling, they can score some points. As a coach, what approach do you take with them? 
just continue to work and, and, and try to try to create game situations early on in practice so you, you get the, the sequence and you start learning, okay, this is probably gonna be the second, you know, the first or second or third pass play of the game and get the timing down and get, you know, work on it and drill it and drill it and drill it. So, you know, when you line up on Saturday, you know, you're used to running that play, that sequence, and, you know, you're comfortable making the throw. In the second half, it looked like the offensive line really began to gel. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's similar to last year. I mean, they're just going to get better and better and better. The more you, you get in there with full speed, you know, live reps, uh, you know, getting used to certain twists and stunts and, and how to pass those off. I mean, it's just going to keep continue to evolve. You know, they're going to learn to, you know, set their pads and, and get more comfortable with, with, with hitting people. And, and that takes time, too. So, you know, the adjustments they're making are good adjustments. You're right, though. You, know, you start playing Arizona's, the Ohio State's, the Michigan's, you, you can't, you don't have the luxury of starting off your first three or four series poorly because the other team will put points up on you and fall behind the eight ball. So they do need to clean those things up, and I think they will. Can you touch on the tight ends and the receivers? You know, I've been pleased. I mean, I think they're rotating a ton of guys in, and, you know, they're using the fullback out of the backfield too, which is a nice little combination for them. And the tight ends, obviously, with Moyaki and Reisner are, are very effective and, and can attack a defense. And, Obviously, it was good to see the Davis kid in there making a great third down or second down catch where he fought and got the first down and, and using the size and strength that he brings to the table. So, you know, they're developing depth at a lot of key positions and, and quality depth. So those are the types of things that will pay big dividends in week seven, eight, nine. Iowa's defense pretty much completely dominated the Cyclones, which was good to see, especially since Norm Parker's defense often seems to struggle against the spread, uh, let alone a no huddle spread like Iowa State's. Yeah, I mean, I thought the quarterback struggled and made Iowa look pretty good at times. But, you know, Claiborne's a beast right now. He's playing at a high level and, and doing some great things. And for the most part, we're doing a good job of controlling the line of scrimmage. You know, safeties are opportunistic. You know, our safeties and corners have been opportunistic. When they get a chance to, to pick it off, they, you know, are pretty sure-handed about it. So they usually take advantage of those types of opportunities. And, you know, that was, that was key. I mean, that was critical because the first quarter, quarter and a half, the game was still kind of in doubt, and Iowa State had some momentum at times, but ultimately, you know, Iowa just made the plays when they had to. It was kind of interesting watching Norm play with the nickel with an extra linebacker sometimes and then extra D-backs at others. As a coach, why would you do one or the other at a particular time? Well, I think matchups. You know, I mean, Iowa's got some pretty athletic linebackers where they can match up with running backs, and if they come out with receivers, then you may want to go with the DB and just try to match up. So if it's a back in the slot, you may feel comfortable with a running back. Or if it's a tight end in the slot, you may, I mean, you may feel comfortable with a linebacker. So, you know, if it's a tight end or running back, a linebacker is a better matchup. But if it's a receiver or scatty guy, then you may want to bring a DB in. So, and I think he's doing a good job of bringing some corner blitzes and, and mixing up a little bit, just not letting the quarterback get too comfortable. But I think the MO for Iowa has always been let's rush four and get pressure with four. And if you can do that, we've got a pretty good chance. Well, having watched both the UNI and Iowa State games now, is it still too early to tell whether the Hawks are a legitimate top 25 team? Yeah, I think they're a, I think they're a top 25 team. I mean, I, you know, I think they have the potential to be a top, you know, top 15 type team. You know, that's going to play out. I mean, Arizona will be a great, great test. I mean, I, I think they're, you know, going to be a well-coached team and, and they're going to be fast and physical and, and uh, will be a good test for Iowa. And if Iowa can handle that, you know, a Pac-10 opponent, I think that'll be a good sign for where they're at. Obviously, the following week's not a very a good test for them. But they have a good chance to be 4-0 as they head into the meat of their schedule. I mean, it gets 
pretty difficult pretty quickly in the Big Ten. So they did what they had to do. They got two wins. 35-3 win is uh, you know, a good win against any opponent. And, and then Kirk Ferentz's MO is that they'll get better over time. Where does Iowa need to improve the most going into the third week? I think offensively, just getting off to better starts. I mean, I think Stanzi's got to settle in and make throws. He's overthrowing the ball a lot early and, uh, you know, start scoring some points early. Uh, it would be one area that they need to work on. You know, we missed a field goal in this game. I think we missed one in the first game as well. You know, that's, that's an area we, we've got to tighten that down a little bit. But I think we are good in the special teams for the most part. You know, defensively, keep doing what they're doing. Be opportunistic, make turnovers, create turnovers. And I think offensively, they just need to be a better starting team. Well, turning to this Saturday, Iowa, mid-afternoon network TV slot, hosting an improving Arizona team. Coached by former Hawk Mike Stoops, what do you expect to see in this game on both sides of the ball? I think you'll see a, a wide-open style of football from Arizona. they got some pretty athletic people at the skill positions. Uh, defensively, I think you'll see a disciplined defense under the Stoops. Mike and Mark Stoops both got an Iowa connection, and they'll get after it. I mean, they'll play physical. They'll create some havoc for us with blitz packages, and you know it's just a matter of whether they can hold up physically with Iowa will be the key, in my opinion. Do you expect to see Stanzi emerge from his first half struggles this week? I think so. I mean, I think he, you know, he's starting to settle into this position and realize that he is the starter, and I think he'll just continue to get better and better and better. At times, he makes throws that I haven't seen Iowa quarterbacks make in a long time. I mean, to be honest with you, he, he can bang the out route, he can bang the comeback. And if you throw that on time, it's almost impossible to defend. And he does a good job of the timing. They are doing a great job on their boots of the timing of the comeback routes. is, is pretty sharp and, and pretty crisp, and it's tough to defend. So I think there is a lot of good things going on. He does make some great throws at times. He just got to settle in and quit overthrowing the ball early. What are your keys to the game and a prediction? No, I think for, for me, it's it's the physicalness of Iowa and, and the ability of Arizona to try to match that intensity and that physical nature of play. I think Arizona's got some schemes that, that Iowa are used to, but there's going to be some pretty athletic, fast guys uh, they're going to have to contend with. And it's just a matter of how Iowa's defensive uh, is able to adjust and make adjustments to what Arizona's doing. But then ultimately, I think Arizona's defense will bring a lot of different blitzes, different you know zone blitz packages. Uh, and they'll be playing very disciplined, and it's a matter of, you know, can Iowa establish the running game and get their play action going? If they can, you know, I think it, it can be a great, great win for Iowa, but if they can, I think they're going to struggle, and I think Arizona's good enough offensively where they can cause some problems for our defense. Uh, you mentioned earlier the Iowa connection with the Soups Brothers. Do you have any interesting stories about the Soups Brothers you can share? No, this other than just the way they play ball. I mean, you know, Bobby Stoops was a volunteer coach when I was here. I had great respect for him. Obviously, I played with Mike and Mark. They were both on teams at Iowa when I was here. Mike was older than me. Mark was younger than me. And they just played smart, hard-nosed football. I mean, they demanded that you practice hard. They demanded that you played hard. You know, I think that's the kind of team that they have. Uh, any other thoughts? No, it should be a great atmosphere, 2.30 game, you know, Pac-10, Big Ten. This is, if you want to be an Iowa football player and you want to play in the Rose Bowl, this is always the matchup you look for, Big Ten, Pac-10, and it'll be a good test for the Hawks. Big Ten notes and stats. The Big Ten won 8-3 and three in Week 2 of the 2009 campaign, despite playing seven teams that appeared in bowl games last year. Conference teams beat four of those seven teams. Besides Iowa's trophy game win over Iowa State, Michigan had a big home victory over a perpetually overranked Notre Dame. But in the biggest stumble, 
Ohio State failed to hold home field advantage, falling once again to USC. Incidentally, that game, shown on ESPN, was the largest college football audience ever in that network's history, drawing 10.6 million fans. The Buckeyes have now lost six straight games to top five ranked opponents. In week one, the Big Ten had eight wide receivers surpass the 100-yard mark. This past Saturday, running backs took center stage. Six backs got 100 or more yards, including Iowa's freshman Brandon Wager. At this point, seven Big Ten teams remain unbeaten with 2-0 marks. Big Ten teams have also produced nine sellouts so far this year after having a record-setting 42 last season. The Ohio State-USC game had a program record 106,000 fans plus in Ohio Stadium. One of the topics getting much of the attention so far has been how college football teams are trying to deal with the potential of H1N1 and other influenza strains. Wisconsin had more than 40 players out this past week, disrupting practices and workouts. Iowa took precautions last Saturday when one of its players came down with a fever, although Associate Athletic Director Jane Meyer said no Hawkeye athlete has been diagnosed with the H1N1 virus. At Kirk Ferentz's press conference this week, he was asked about the precautions Iowa is taking. Among other things, Ferentz mentioned that his team is using Prefen's Botanicals hand sanitizer, a Hawkeye's mic sponsor. I can't believe nobody picked that up Saturday, but we uh, we had a guy that was quarantined uh, Friday night. I think we found out about uh, seven or eight o'clock. I think, well, maybe when I came down for dinner uh, Friday night, I was told that we had a guy with the fever, and uh, so you know he just stayed in the hotel. And, and we got a couple guys with it right now, and it's I imagine we'll have more to go. I read an article or saw an article. I didn't read it, but I saw the uh, an article talking about just on college campuses right now. I think it's probably a national thing, and you know, so we'll have to weather the bumps. They've distributed hand sanitizers, which I guess work on a uh, you take it once a day, I guess, or clean your hands once a day, and. Take all, you know, try and do it. <clears throat> excuse me, do all the precautionary things we can, but it's, I'm sure we're going to be affected by it like everybody else, too. Key games this week, besides Iowa hosting Arizona, feature Minnesota at home against top 10 ranked Cal and Michigan State playing at Notre Dame. While the Spartans have won the last two games in that series, the Fighting Irish are heavily favored in this one, especially after Michigan State lost last week to Central Michigan from the MAC. Hello. Good evening and welcome to the middle of the film. Hawkeye's Mike is always interested in and encourages listener feedback. Help make us better. Please provide us with your comments and suggestions for programs, guests, and topics by emailing feedback at hawkeyesmike.com or by calling toll-free 866-74-HAWKS. Time now for Pat Hardy's weekly segment on Hawkeye's Mike. You can read Pat's articles in the Iowa City Press Citizen and on Hawk Central. Sean Patchett talks with Pat about last week's game and this Saturday's contest. An outcome in the Iowa State game that few predicted. Including myself. I did not envision that at all. I, I guess sooner or later Iowa State was going to have a game in Ames where they laid the egg instead of Iowa. And I think Iowa had the emotional edge. This time for a change for a number of reasons. I think Jesse Smith speaking to the media about how he didn't think Iowa was as good as maybe people originally thought, I think that really motivated the players. I know for a fact it did because two of them told me that was a big emotional charge during the week of practice. The coaches put the quotes up on the wall and I just think Iowa, they were on a mission for that game for a change, whereas Iowa State is usually the team in that position. This time it it didn't matter where that game was going to be played, they just came out and they took care of business. Well, Iowa did show some substantial improvement from week one to week two. Primarily the running game 
and I thought the passing defense did a lot better too, but I don't know how much of that was just because Austin Arnaud was horrible. But the running game, obviously, with Robinson continuing to grow, but of course with the emergence of Brandon Wegger, I think now you know you've got two pretty good parts there at running back that can kind of complement each other. Wegger showed that he definitely is as good as advertised, so to me that was the main thing. And the concern, of course, to me would be the play of the quarterback, Rick Stanzi, but I'm sure we'll address that. What kind of halftime adjustments did you see, or was it more a matter of the team, especially on offense, just gelling? I just think it was they just executed better in the second half. Stanzi didn't overthrow as many receivers as he did in the first half, and it just came down to making plays, and I think Iowa State started to get tired, too. Uh, the Iowa offensive line in the second half really was carving out some huge holes for the running backs to go through, and Wegger, you give him a little bit, he shows that he can make a lot out of a little, and I think that's they just started wearing him down, and Stanzi started to actually play like a Big Ten quarterback. Yeah, speaking of Stanzi, what do you think is going on with his Jekyll and Hyde act in the first half and the second half? I think he is who he is, and right now I think it was premature after, even after the strong finish last year, to say that he was a all Big Ten caliber quarterback, because right now he's not. He's got a lot of improvement to do. He's got to learn to throw, to be able to throw stationary. He does almost all his good passes when he's on the move, and I think defenses are starting to be aware of that. So they're trying to keep him in the pocket and what have you, and he's not as good a thrower when he's throwing from a standing position. So he's got to work on that and just, Try to be more consistent when he's not, if he's not on target or if he's having trouble with his passes, he needs to throw the easy pass. Sometimes he just seems bent on trying to force it into two or three receivers or a receiver with two or three people on him, especially if it's Tony Moyaki. But he's just going to have to try to be consistent. But Stanzi is who he is. I mean, he's, right now he's an average quarterback. Well, you've done two columns on Robinson. Plus, we saw the running back debut of highly touted freshman Brandon Wagger. Can you talk about those guys and whether that position looks like it might be a strength again this year? A strength might be a little bit too much to say, but I think it's definitely going to be adequate at least. I think between those two, they can they have contrasting running styles, whereas Wegger seems to have that real explosion, that real, just that it, you know, he just seems like he belongs out there. And I was impressed with Robinson, so I think right now they've got two guys that can bring you a different style that, but can also prevent the other one from getting tired. So as long as they can hang on to the football, that's the same, the thing you gotta wonder, because they're both going through this for the first time. So if they can avoid turnovers, but right now, yeah, I don't think you have to be overly concerned about running back and there's always Jeff Brinson looming in the back if he ever can get healthy and figure out how to crack the rotation. And you do have Packy. So they've got four running backs now. They've got four, so I think they're okay. How much does a better running back help an offensive line, or is it kind of a chicken anything? Well, I think it's, it, they kind of go back and forth like that, but I think the main thing it does with a running game with an offense like Iowa, it allows you to do play action and to be balanced, and that's when everything really is clicking for Iowa. As great as Sean Green was last year, they were still balanced in those those big victories. I mean, Stanzi threw for over 200 yards in some of those victories at the end, so they need to be balanced, and that allows them to do play action, which is the key. Any other thoughts on offense? Um, just It's just got to be Stanzi. I mean, he, Stanzi's got to take it upon himself now. I mean, part of taking your game to the next level is just is just doing the simple things like hitting wide open receivers. It's just up to him because I think they've got receivers. The line's coming back, assuming Balaga's healthy. I think they'll be okay. They just need Stanzi to play like an all-Big Ten quarterback if he's capable of doing it. I think most would agree that this was one of the best performances by Norm Parker, uh, especially against the spread. And no huddle spread at that. I, I think it was fine. I mean, it was just typical norm. They don't, they don't, I mean, they did do some subtle changes though. He did have four linebackers in there very early in the game and what have you, but 
I think part of it, too, and I don't want to take anything away from Iowa because they did play well on defense, but I've come to expect that a little bit. But Iowa State was horrible. I mean, Austin Arnott, he missed. Some of those receivers that he missed were wide open. See, that would be, I guess, if I want to nitpick on defense. Some of those receivers, a better quarterback that day was going to hit some of those receivers. I think the, the defense benefited a little bit from Arnott being so bad, but also the defense forced a little bit of that. So, yeah. Norm, he is who he is, and I just I kind of expected that. I did not expect a real high-scoring game. Do you like the improvement in the play of the linebackers and the defensive backs? I mean, they were. I mean, pretty much everybody on defense was fine Saturday. I think the linebackers. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about the linebackers. I didn't think they played that great against you and I, but I'll kind of write that off as a situation where you and I is a good team that had a great day and what have you. And but I think the linebackers are fine. I'm still other than Spivay. The, to me, the jury's still out on the defensive backfield. I think Sash has got a knack for the football and what have you, but I still think we need to, they're going to get Prater back. That's going to be huge. He comes back this week, which will be good because they're facing a fast team from the Pac-10. But I still want to wait and see on the defensive backfield. I just think that right now they, they took advantage of a really bad Iowa State team on a really bad day. Two games into the season, what's your sense of the team at this point? And do you feel Iowa is a top 25 team? I think they're borderline top 25. I think, um, I think they actually dropped in one poll after beating Iowa State, which really says a lot about Iowa State. But they, um, I think they're a borderline top 25 team. I don't think it's a huge injustice that they're not ranked by everybody right now. They've still got to, they've still got to show, I think if they come out and beat Arizona convincingly at home, when I say convincingly by 10 or 14 points, I think that'll probably push them in to the top 25, but I don't think they deserve to be ranked much higher than that. They still are a work in progress, which they always are under Ferris, especially this time of the year, but I think that they've got a chance to be a good team, and I, hate, I, I know I keep bringing up Stanzi, but to me, he's the X factor right now, because that's the one position where maybe you could say there's maybe been, it's maybe a regressed a little bit since the end of last year. Stanzi was playing pretty good at the end of last year. The way he's playing now is how he was playing at the beginning of last year when he replaced Christensen, and he should be beyond that. All right, can you touch on the optimist and the pessimist again? What's most encouraging about this team right now and uh, the most discouraging? What's most encouraging is they're 2-0, and and they've shown that they have a number of weapons on offense. The defense has pretty much been what you thought. It's, it's stout, and it's, it can pretty much control the line of scrimmage, in, at least against Iowa State. But it, the defense more than held its own against Northern Iowa, too. I mean, the Panthers did nothing for most of the second half. So I think the defense has been fine. To me, the big concerns are is just Ricky Stanzi. I mean, I still say the, his erratic play at quarterback's the biggest concern on this team right now and what could probably keep it from going to another level. They seem to have all the parts now. The offensive line's getting healthy and what have you, and they've got a decent core of receivers. So to me, this is Stanzi's chance to take this team to the next level. Well, Arizona comes into Kinnick with what appears to be a pretty solid running game, but a question mark in terms of passing game and a fairly solid defense. What do you expect to see in this game and what are your keys to the game? Turnovers, starting fast. I think if Iowa can start fast, get the crowd in and just kind of get that team back on its heels because that team's going to have an advantage in speed. And when I say that, it's going to be quicker probably at most of the defensive back positions. They got really fast linebackers, they got fast receivers. But there's issues at quarterback, and it's not one of the Pac-10's best offenses. But they're going to make the Iowa offense work. I see a low-scoring game. I give Iowa a slight edge because it's a home game and what have you. But I see like a 17-14, 20-17 type game. Do you think that the Arizona team and their coaching staff might be a little more up for this game than would otherwise be the case because of Mike Stevens? Oh, I'm sure that gives them some type of an emotional edge. His mom's going to be in the locker room there with him. And, but I guess if Ference and them can use their psychology and they – 
they're getting all motivated because of the fact that Mike Stoops played football at the University of Iowa and loves the University of Iowa. So, I mean, he knows how great the University of Iowa is. So now it's up to the Iowa players to go out and show them. I mean, there's ways to use this in reversal too. You can motivate what have you. I just hope this game doesn't come down to motivation because to me, if they go out and they're flat against Arizona and lose this game, that pretty much kind of cancels out what they did the week before. So hopefully the coaches, one thing I will say about Ferentz, he's great at keeping these guys on an even keel. There is always that one dud game in September. You hope it's not this one. And when I say dud, like the Arizona State game in 04, a couple of these Iowa State games, hopefully this team's beyond that now. Maybe their struggle was against Northern Iowa. So I think they just need to avoid coming out flat, which I think they will. I think they got a strong group of seniors on this team, and I think that helps. Any other thoughts? In a way, I'm surprised they're 2-2, two and because two, I did think Iowa State was going to win that game. But I, they showed me a little bit. This team, I think, has got some decent chemistry. And... I'm just amazed that they were able to destroy Iowa State with Stanzi playing as poorly as he did, but I, would, I can't think Stanzi's going to keep being this erratic. So to me, they've got a chance to have a good season, but they've got to win Saturday. This is one of those games that could be the difference of 8-4, and four, nine. you know what I mean, just could be the difference of what kind of bowl game they go to when it's all said and done. Adam Robinson who sets up in the single behind Stanzi. He's got almost seven carries, eight for 54 thus far. Look to the tight end, the motion man, and Reisner's got it. Touchdown, Iowa. Iowa State, you have two members of the secondary falling all over each other, literally. Talk about a pick. It wasn't even a, a real big pick. They're in man coverage, and they're crisscrossing, and, and they collide. And as a result of that collision, Reisner unfolds for the big play. Hawkeyesmike.com, just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all Hawks, all the time. www.hawkeyesmike.com. Call toll free 866 74 Hawks. That's 866 74 Hawks. With Mike Stoops bringing in his Arizona Wildcats football team for Saturday's game, it marks the first time one of the Stoops brothers has returned to Kinnick Stadium as a head coach. Stoops was a three-time letterman at Iowa from 1981 through 84, and he was first team All-Big Ten in both his junior and senior years. We thought you might enjoy listening to Hayden Fry, Kirk Ferentz, and Mike Stoops talk about the Stoops brothers in Iowa football. Probably after the first workout in shorts, before we could suit up for spring ball in the spring. I remember Coach Bill Brazier, my defensive coordinator. I brought four of my coaches up from North Texas. He was one of them. I, I quizzed the coaches. I said, now tell me, who are you impressed with? Who do you think our leaders are gonna be? And this is after one workout. And Coach Brazier said, Coach Fry, he said, we've got a guy out there, he said, He'd chase you up there in those two-bit seats just to knock your jock off. <laughs> and I said, who's that? And he said, his name is Bobby Stoops. And I talked to him, and his daddy's a football coach back in Ohio. And he said, boy, he, he is really hungry. Fry also talked about team discipline and team leaders, something the Stoops brothers embodied. After we found out who the leaders were, I brought them in. And I think one of the reasons for our success, I call them a bell cow. All you guys that ever raised on a farm or anything know about a bell cow. That's an old cow that wherever it goes, the rest of the herd follows. And so we'll always put a bell around it because you hear that bell ringing out in the pasture, you know where the whole herd is located. So I tried to find a bell cow at each position. I'd bring them into the office and I'd say, gentlemen, this is the way you win. One, two, three, four, five, six, right down the line. Gentlemen, this is the way you lose. One, two, three, four, five, right down the line. Now, you're gonna help me with your particular position, you're gonna be my bell cow, you're gonna be the leader. If they start doing these things that we lose with, 
I want you to take care of it. If you don't feel like you can take care of it, then you come and tell me. Because I knew the players would listen to someone they highly respected more than would an old football coach. And so that's how our discipline got started. Ference talks about what the Stoops brothers have meant to the Iowa football program. It's, it's hard not to uh, include the entire Stoops family. Because when, when you meet one, I mean, you know, you kind of, you're, you're getting a, they're a close family. And uh, my, my first exposure here, uh, uh, Bob was a, a junior at that time and a team leader, you know, a very inspirational player. Mike was younger, obviously, then Bob uh, graduated and uh, Mike stepped in and did a fantastic job, was an excellent player too. Maybe one of the best hits I've ever seen in Kinnick Stadium was involving him and John Frank, 1983 against Ohio State. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was uh, right down the hash and it was a, it was a envelope. I didn't think either guy was going to get up, and they both did. Uh, both of them were good players. Um, you know, I probably know Bob better because, you know, Bob ended up being, uh, we were kind of coaching um, associates, if you will, you know, through the mid-'80s. After he graduated, he stayed on, and, uh, you know, we used to visit a lot. And uh, But, you know, I had a chance to, to bump into Mike uh, a couple, three, four, I don't know, uh, springs ago doing the, they make us do the night. Let me rephrase that. Uh, part part of our partnership is we, we do a couple clinics a year with Nike. And um, so, anyway, he and I ended up at the Orlando Clinic together. I'd say it was three or four years ago. And uh, yeah, we really had a good 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 opportunity to sit down and visit a little bit. We ended up getting picked up at the same time and same share to ride over to the place. And uh, I think he spoke last, and we, then we visited a little bit that evening. And it was just it was really good to catch up with him. And, yeah, I hadn't seen him or talked to him really in probably 15 years. So it was, you know, he was no longer clearly no longer Mike Stoops, the player, but uh, Mike Stoops, the head coach at Arizona, who's doing a great job. Mike Stoops was asked whether going to Iowa was almost an automatic choice following in his brother Bob's footsteps. For me, it was. I, I think all of us had very limited options, and, and obviously uh, Iowa took chances on, you know, we weren't slam dunk players by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, with our physical uh, limit, limitations, but uh, Iowa gave us all opportunities, and we made the most of them. I think that's what they probably figured that we would, um, just because of our, you know, our bloodlines, and uh, that's you know proved to, to be very beneficial for for us and, and hopefully them. Mike Stoops was once quoted as saying he really wasn't certain he was good enough to play at Iowa, and he explains that. Well, I don't. I think I probably overachieved. Uh, I don't. I wasn't the most talented player. I don't think Bob, Mark, myself. I think uh, you know we had competitive instincts that you need to play football. Uh, that can you can overcome some limitations physically uh, if you have you know that that great desire and, and great instincts on the football field. And I think that's where probably we excelled the greatest in our competitive spirit. And to be able to find the football, I think those are all unique, intangible qualities you need. But those are uh, those aren't going to carry you in modern-day football, that's for sure. Uh, the speed of the game has gotten so great, um, you know, right now. The, the ability to – we didn't have to cover as much field as you do now as a safety. Uh, we have two corners playing safety now. So uh, it just tells you what kind of speed that we have to put on the field to defend. Uh, a lot of these offenses in this modern era. So, you know, we were able to overcome some physical liabilities with our, you know, our instincts and our competitive nature. Stoops was asked how much his father influenced all three Stoops brothers in terms of going to the Hawkeyes and their approach to the game. I think it, it, it has a lot to do with it. I think the way we grew up, uh, obviously, in a, 
Youngstown, Ohio, I think, has probably as much to do with it as any. My dad and then just living in, a, in such a tough environment uh, where, you know, we had to learn to compete at a young age, and that's kind of where we we found our salvation um, growing up with six kids and very limited means. So I think that's, that's you know, how we, we learned to survive. And uh, that turned out to be very beneficial to, you know, everyone in my family. We, you know, benefited, I think, from those experiences at such a young age, and um, I think we learned to appreciate things, at, uh, like I say, at a very young age, and uh, that's where we found our, you know, our place. Ann Stoops was asked about the number 41 Iowa football jersey, what it means to him and his brothers. It's significant, uh, probably to me, Bob and Mark, um, but it was uh, it was just a great time. I think we we really appreciated uh, the opportunities. I think that presented themselves there, especially when Coach Bride came in. I know Bob was very frustrated and almost left Iowa. Um, I'm glad he stayed because it turned out to be probably a life-changing experience for all of us uh, when Coach Bride and Coach Brazier really kind of stepped into his life and then stepped into mine and then Mark. So we're, you know, we're just very grateful for, I think, just being around good people, uh, very good coaches, uh, creating an experience for the players that really – uh, was very unique, and I think that was just so different than what the players saw before Coach Fry got there. So I think, you know, all of us just appreciated the way they treated their players. It was very hard and very demanding, but uh, it was still, it taught us a lot about uh, preparation and discipline, and uh, those are principles that you need to be successful. Uh, whatever you adventure out into, those are going to be principles that will last with you for a lot of time, and that's kind of what we learned uh, through that experience there at, at Iowa. That was a really special, probably, I think, time of our lives that, uh, you know, we just remember the experiences of living in the dorm for five years. I tell our players that they die when I tell them we lived in the dorm for five years. I don't know if that was smart or not. It was chaos. <laughs> Every weekend, was <laughs> it was like our own fraternity uh, living in Hillcrest, and then we moved over to Slater. I mean, it was, uh, it was a pretty interesting time, but uh, a lot of fun, that's for sure. It'll be Waggy. This time, no doubt about it. Woo, up and over. Touchdown, Iowa. Up, up and away, and there was no linebacker to meet him, and he was just uh, hurled himself, hurled himself into the end zone. He, he, he took off from about the three or four-yard line and ended about three yards deep in the end zone. That's pretty darn good. I mean, that's, that's the, the long body jump right there, I guess. Just a reminder that you can be a part of the next show by offering your own comments on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline will be open 24 hours a day. Just call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Also, visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, the latest Hawkeye and Big Ten videos, and team schedules. And don't forget, you can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. I love you all. <laughs> Today's Hawkeyes Mike program is made possible in part by Morgan Stanley Financial Advisors of Coralville. Call 319-338-5184 or 800-870-0002 for all your investment needs.
This Saturday, Iowa hosts the Arizona Wildcats, coached by former Hawkeyes Mike Stoops along with his brother Mark, who serves as defensive coordinator. Both teams are 2-0. This is the 12th game in the series in which Arizona holds a 6-5 edge. Iowa has won three of the last four, and the Hawks and Wildcats have split the last six games played in Kinnick Stadium. This game marks the first of two that the Hawks will play against teams coached by a former Iowa player, Wisconsin with Brett Bielma as the other, and Iowa is the only Division I program in the nation that will play two regular season games in which the opposing head coach is coaching against his alma mater. Stoops is in his sixth year as Wildcats head coach with an overall record of 27-34. However, last season, he led Arizona to its first eight-win season in 10 years and ended that campaign with a convincing 31-21 win over Brigham Young in the Pioneer Las Vegas Bowl. His Wildcats finished the 2008 season ranked 16th nationally in scoring offense and 25th in total defense. Arizona is an improving team, and it looks like Stoops is finally beginning to turn that program around. The Wildcats play tough defense and have an offense that is very good running the football, featuring junior tailback Nick Grigsby. Grigsby rushed for 207 yards and two touchdowns last week in a 34-17 win over Northern Arizona. They have yet to establish a solid passing game through their first two games this year. Last Saturday, two Wildcat quarterbacks went a combined 20 of 28 for 194 yards with one interception and one TD. Starter Matt Scott has decent passing stats, but is more of a runner. Arizona often mirrors Iowa in terms of the style of the offense, so Norm Parker won't have to worry about the spread, at least this week. Stoops has said numerous times that this game will be a measuring stick of how far their Arizona program has come, and there will certainly be a lot of emotion on the Wildcats' sidelines from both the coaching staff and the players who have extra motivation this week to play well for their coach at Kinney. As we've discussed, Iowa showed substantial improvement from the UNI to the Iowa State games. The defense was outstanding against the Cyclones from start to finish, and the turnovers clearly set the tone for the entire game. The offense struggled again in the first half, especially quarterback Rick Stanzi in the first quarter. But just as against UNI, it played much better in the second half, playing classic Iowa offense, establishing the run, and then open up the passing game. Stanzi must figure out a way to play better from the outset, or sometime soon it's going to cost Iowa a win. And the Hawks look like they may be on the path to establishing a solid running game again, with a rotation of redshirt freshman Adam Robinson and true freshman Brandon Wager. Both ran well, and Wager often looked terrific in his college debut at the position. One other note, in addition to his broadcast responsibilities Saturday, former Hawk and NFL star Eddie Podolak will also serve as an honorary captain for the Hawks. This will be a fun game, Big Ten versus Pac-10, both solid teams, both trying to continue to improve, with each team trying to push its way into the top tier of its conference. And then you have the intangibles, the Stoops brothers coming back to Kinnick, the Hawks have the home field advantage, should be a good one in front of an ABC audience across much of the country. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. Yeah, a tough, long day for Austin Arnott, as we just saw, but the other extreme, the last three quarters for Kirk Ferentz and the Hawkeyes of Iowa as they take the 57th showdown for the Cyhawk Trophy, and they were really impressive. Yeah, they were. I mean, they did everything that you need to do. They forced turnovers. They controlled uh, the line of scrimmage. Iowa State was hoping to control tempo with that spread attack. 
Iowa just put him in the meat grinder and ground him up. This is a big win for Iowa. Cyhawk Trophy still in Iowa City. Our thanks again to the Fox Sports Network for the game highlights this week. Once again, another nice job overall of capturing the excitement of Iowa football. And thanks to our regular contributors, Marv Cook and Pat Hardy. This week also, special thanks to Hayden Fry, Kirk Ferentz, and Mike Stoops. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you'll participate by phoning and making your own voice heard Call 866-74-HAWKS. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. For Iowa fans, by Iowa fans. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeyes Mike, LLC.